Ready? Ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the girl Amy we kept we were talking to earlier, she kept just going, It's exciting <laughs> over and over and over. What kind of girl? <laughs> um <laughs> All right. Um well Hi guys, welcome back to a new podcast episode. (laughs) I'm with Lainey. Hey y'all. And you guys have never seen her. Actually, you might have seen her in a picture that I posted Mm -hmm. a while ago when she was on our healing podcast, which was crazy. Mm -hmm. I think that's the podcast episode that we've gotten, or I've gotten the most messages about. Wow. Just people listening to it and being so like helped by it even. Wow, that's awesome. So excited to have you back on the podcast. So excited to be back. (laughs) Um, Today... We are going to be hitting on a topic that's also super deep, Mm -hmm. but I feel like you're just the best person to talk about this stuff with because you even have a way of explaining yourself and even the situations that you've gone through and the experiences that you've had in just a way that it's easy for everyone to understand, even if it's a topic that, like, is can destroy a person Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's just really heavy so thank you you're the perfect person to have on this podcast but um I feel like we didn't do this last episode, mm-hmm. so you want to start a little more lighthearted? <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, so, not to, you know, put you on the spot, but um, do you want to explain what happened the other day? <laughs> <laughs> we might as well address it since we're doing video this time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell, but go ahead. So, yeah, I'm not sure how noticeable it is, but um, so I, I met my boyfriend's parents, <laughs> and... She met her boyfriend's parents. That in itself is a story. That in itself is crazy. Yeah. But here's my first impression. Okay, day one, hanging out with them. We go to this park, and um, my boyfriend's little brother is climbing around on this bridge, and I'm like, yeah, like, I'll join him. I'm super adventurous, love that kind of stuff. So walking across with him, and we're hanging onto these, like, pegs, really sturdy metal pegs going across this little pipe and back, and as we're going back, I'm using all the same handholds, but as soon as I touch this one, it comes out. It's like a foot and a half long, comes all the way out, and I fall like 15, 20 feet onto gravel, um, literally by the grace of God that I'm okay, <laughs> like there were angels or something, because that could have been terrible, but I stood back up almost right away. I need my, my left knee went straight into my face, my whole right leg is just bruised and scraped, it's bad, but like nothing's broken. Um, but yeah, you can definitely tell, like, I've got a black eye, a little bit of color over here, and a really, really fat nose. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, I, I laughed about it basically as soon as it happened. Um, yeah. But it, it, it was definitely scary, like, near-death experience kind of thing. I, I don't want to, yeah. like, it made me really realize life is short. That is I'm insane. grateful to have another day. And the crazy thing about Lanny is she'll, like, she will dumb it down so much to the point where it's like <laughs> so yeah yesterday i fell off a bridge and i'm like i remember hosanna's face she was like whoa whoa hold on <laughs> i just don't know how else to say it like i'm yeah, not gonna you know that's, that's what, what happened. happened yeah it's what happened yeah yeah so glad glad you're here so glad to be here i can't here. even tell you how glad i am yeah i noticed a scratch on your face when i yeah. first saw you a few mm-hmm. days ago but you know, and you were like, I have a lot to tell you. And I was thinking, oh, she, you know, something chill. Like, yeah. she met his parents, like, probably. but Like, I've, tripped or something. Yeah, this yeah. is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Glad you're, glad you're alive. So, that was my first impression um, yeah. to my boyfriend's family. That's a movie. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a movie it's a movie sure. scene for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you want to intro the topic? Why? Yeah. Why do you feel like this is something that should be talked about more? Um, why do you think it's not talked about enough? 
mm-hmm. and why do you feel like it's something you're passionate about? Yeah, yeah. So, well, we're going to be talking about shame today. Yes. Um, we have no idea what that's really going to look like. We're just going <laughs> to go scripted. with it. Uh, not scripted at all. Yeah. But over the summer, Michelle texted me and was like, hey, thinking podcast topics, like thinking about shame, would you be down? And I think that this is a topic that both of us have a lot to say about. Um, we've had a lot of conversations about personal shame that we've both experienced. And I also think that there's a really heavy shame culture, like different things that people might say you should feel shame for that you absolutely shouldn't or um, things that you're being put down for when you're fine or even things that, I don't know, shame is just seen through a lens that it shouldn't be. But I mean, for me, shame ruled my life for a long time. Uh, And there's still definitely times that it is um, I don't know. It's controlling. It gets inside my head. It's, it's an emotion that people feel a, a thought process. People go down that is just dehabilitating, yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. dehabilitating. And it's really heartbreaking when you meet somebody who's walking in shame, who's just living shame day to day to day. That is just how they feel because that's not how we should feel. Sure. Um, shame can be a good indicator that there might be something off in your life like a lot of the things I felt shame for were things that I should have felt shame for but there's also plenty of times that I felt shame for something that I didn't need to be ashamed of and so I think it's important to discuss to navigate okay is this something that actually needs to be addressed or is this something that maybe I just don't have the best people around me and that's why I'm feeling this way so yeah and I think it's good to also know what shame is and I grab my phone because the the definition is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of a wrong or foolish behavior and Mm. I I say that and I put that out there because when I think shame was first introduced to me through experience I didn't know what it was I didn't know why I was feeling the way that I was and I want to I want to be clear in saying that there's a difference between guilt and shame and I think you were getting at guilt like guilt I think is a good indicator of like okay you know I made a wrong decision in my life whether it's minor or major so I'm aware like I feel bad I feel Mm -hmm. bad about it but I think it turns into shame when that guilt is internalized and it then becomes I'm carrying this now shame that actually like has completely taken over yeah. my very like being yeah. and it shows in every aspect of your life um so yeah that's good what you said because I mm-hmm. think a lot of people don't like don't know the difference like right. because they're two very similar things mm-hmm. um but I think that I guess shame is like guilt to a very unhealthy uh yeah extreme. that's an excellent because I don't think it like it's never bad to feel guilty like right. it, again it's like you're aware that you've done something wrong yeah. But shame is probably one of the most dangerous places a human could live in. I agree. So what is that, even from your own personal experience, what, how have you seen shame, like, happen? Or sure. what, what does it look like for you in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and how did it affect your life? Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, there's small cases of, of shame, but the shame that I think really needs to be addressed is the the seasonal shame. Like when shame is taking over your day to day, your week to week, when it's how you see yourself. And I think in that lens, I've experienced shame probably like three or four times in my life where it's been just the driving factor of, of how I, of how I live, of how I walk, of how I see myself. And what gets me to that point is first feeling guilt, seeing that I've done something wrong, um, seeing that I've maybe hurt someone or that I've just made a mistake uh, when I was living with my parents, realizing that 
I did stuff that they very clearly told me not to do. Those kind of things put me in a place of guilt, and then that guilt went unaddressed. I didn't go to people. I think guilt isolated leads to shame. When you are experiencing guilt and you just sit with it by yourself, don't talk about it at all, don't process it at all, I think that's when it turns to shame. And it's just compounding. Once you start to feel shame about something, then you start to feel bad that you haven't talked about the guilt with anyone. You start to just get inside your own head of all these mistakes that you've made and these things that you've done. And for me, that's exactly what happened. Weeks and weeks of just sitting there reminiscing on all of these mistakes I had made, on all of these things I did wrong, on all these ways that I hurt my family, that I hurt myself, that I hurt my future. Like, just sitting there thinking about it over and over, never talking with anyone because this guilt had turned into a, what are people going to think about me if I'm honest? What are people going to have to say if I tell them what I really did? If these secrets of my life are exposed, what are people going to think? I think people pleasing was the root of a lot of the shame that I walked in most of my life. That's real. Um, one thing that I, and this is a whole topic in itself, mm -hmm. but one thing that I could not figure out while I was living in a lot of shame, and I can even get into a little bit of that in a second, um, I didn't know how to get out. Right. Yeah. I was I was very aware of the fact that okay, this isn't this is not just oh I feel bad about something that I've done and I'm I'm aware of it, but like I can't sh I cannot shake the feeling of I feel disgusted by myself. Mm -hmm. I feel less than, I feel unworthy. Like you yeah. said, if anybody knew what I was really dealing right. with and anybody like everybody really knew like what was happening in my mental and emotional then discarded. Like yeah. I can't let anybody know. Yeah. Um, and so that can lead to so many things. And for me, it led to like legitimately living like a double life, yeah. not just physically, but mentally. Um, and one thing that I learned throughout all of that is that shame in itself can lead to self-death. Like wow. shame in itself can lead to you literally like, more than broken, beyond broken, yeah. getting to a place where you're like, I, there's, there's no hope. Mm -hmm. There's no hope in me getting better. There's no hope in me getting out. But conviction is something that I don't, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with that word, but conviction leads to the pursuit of, of Jesus. Yeah. And, um, I talked about this on the podcast that I released the other day. I, the only way for me to get out, the only way for me to now looking back, have, like looking at the steps that I took to get to where I am now, the only reason why I was able to do that is because I took steps knowing that it wasn't even in my own power that I could, that I could get out, you know? Yeah. Because I think shame, like you said, has to do with isolation, which means that you're on your own and right. you feel like you're on your own. Absolutely. And so when I started to think about that, shame leads to self-death, but conviction leads to the pursuit of Jesus. What does that look like in my life? Yeah. Because at the time, I, I think the time so far, I'm only 19, but the time in my life where I felt the most shame was a time when I wasn't going to church mm -hmm. and I didn't. I said this in my last episode, too. I didn't even I had nothing to do with God at all. Yeah. Um. But now looking back, like, I have not found, I found the most freedom mm -hmm. when I took the steps with God in order to get out of that because he's really the only one that can free you from that. Yeah. Um, but I kind of want to take a step back and, and talk a little bit more about, like, 
how you identified it in your life. Sure. Um, if you feel comfortable, you can talk a little bit yeah, about absolutely. the situations that got you to that place of mm -hmm. shame and how to know what to do. Because yeah. I think a lot of people are in that place. Like, I, I get it. Okay. You know, you, you've read the definition of shame to me, but I just don't know how to, how to stop it. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the time I felt the most shame was when I was 16 years old. I had been, my parents had very clearly asked me not to get involved with a certain boy. And I think I talked about, I know I talked about this in the healing yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go back, listen to that if you want some more context. But uh, got involved with the boy anyway. Like just talking, we, we made it seem like we were just friends. But emotionally, we went way deeper than just being friends. Physically, just friends. But emotionally, way deeper than friends. And so I got myself in almost like a like an emotional soul tie of, of just really heartfelt intimacy not physical intimacy but emotional intimacy with this person and I knew it was wrong I knew that was not the person that I should be in a relationship with I knew that it went against what my parents had asked me to do but I continued for a year just um spending way too much time with that person putting way too much effort in that person knowing that it wasn't healthy for either of us it wasn't good for either of us um and so I at one point, my parents found out everything. I kept it all a secret. Everything came to the surface. Such a long story short, but in that, I was 16, so I got in big trouble. Um, I, it started when I was 15, so I was really, really young. Mm -hmm. Definitely still under my parents' counsel and, and, you know, under their discipline. So I got grounded. I got, you know, phone taken away, electronics taken away, the whole thing. Um, and I felt awful. It felt like a, like it felt like a blindfold was taken off my eyes, and I saw what I was doing in the light of I was doing it wrong. I was doing yeah. something wrong. Yeah. And I was so embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. Not because anybody had told me you're not allowed to talk about it. Sure. Cause that's one thing is I think a lot of people think that shame and guilt are all just like done to yourself. It's all, it's all your own doing. But sometimes those are just emotions that come up and you can't explain it. Yeah. Like nobody told yeah. me, you can't talk about that. We're gonna think of you differently if you start talking about that. It was all just internal. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I started feeling those things because nobody in my life was telling me, you can't talk about this. Right. It was all internal. And so I just started wrestling with these things internally of like, I can't talk about this. Like people are gonna think whatever of me or, um, I'm just, I'm filthy, like I'm impure. I did wrong for a year straight. Well, I was living this double life of, you know, at church when I'm around my friends, I'm one person. But when I'm around this other person, I'm a totally different person. And those don't like correlate at all. And so coming out of it, I was just so embarrassed. And that led to the shame and the understanding I did something wrong and well grounded. Because after that, I got grounded for a while. It was probably like five or six months. And in that time, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, <laughs> in that time, I had no, for at least the first three months, no electronics, no phone, no TV, nothing like that, no listening to music. Um, and I wasn't allowed to hang out with people. I, w I had to go to church. My parents made me go to church. And at the time, that was the last place I wanted to go because I felt so unclean. I felt so impure. And you hear all the time, like people just kind of throw around the phrase of like come as you are when talking about church and if you haven't heard that a healthy church that is true if a healthy church is telling you come as you are they're going to mean it and you're going to go and no matter what condition you are and you're going to feel loved and cared for yeah. and if that's not the experience that you've had walking into a church then that's not that's not the right church for you yeah. a, a, a church is called to love you no matter where you're coming from so yeah. I'm grateful my church does that my home church that my parents forced me to go to 
I did not want to go, but they are a come-as-you-are church. And so I went every week. I got loved every week, um, but still had that internal battle of, I don't deserve this. I'm impure. I'm filthy. I'm wrong. All this stuff. Um, But slowly as I got more into community and just had people speak life into me and, and feel loved, I started to separate the negative view I had of myself from the view people had of me. And I started to see that there are some people that that really do love me despite everything I've done, in spite of everything I've done. They see me, they know, not because I've told them, but because I'm the pastor's kid and people kind of just learned my business. Like, you know, they still love me despite knowing all of that. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing that helped me get out of this, this pile of shame was, as I said, I had no electronics. I had, wasn't allowed to hang out with people. Um, and so I was left with my Bible basically and I had not read my Bible very deeply um, that whole time I was talking to that guy like I would I would read it because it was the right thing to do I would read it because that's what my parents raised me to do but not because it was my own love not because it was what I wanted to do Um, almost like just religion just this is what I do every day because I do it and so as I'm sitting there in this grounding um, I just started opening my Bible each day and just reading like an entire book of the Bible, like all of Matthew in one day. Some days it'd be shorter, all of James. These are all books in the, in the New Testament, just letters that people wrote. Um, and I'm just reading them day after day. Some days I'd get nothing out of it. Other days I'd be like, wow, like this is, this is really healing me. I remember reading different scriptures about what God says about me. And as Michelle said, like, Shame is something that you can't get out on your own. And so between getting involved with people who really are a come-as-you-are kind of person, yeah. who are pe- people that are like, hey, I'm, I'm here for you, like thick and thin, whether you're doing great or doing terrible, I'm your person, mm-hmm. finding those people, yes. and then also getting involved in the, the word of God, like reading my Bible and understanding that I can't do this on my own strength. I cannot get out of shame on my own and it was a process even after those six months of grounding it was still like when I came to college I was talking to Michelle we've only been in college for a year so a year ago I was talking to Michelle about this situation and just still struggling with feeling filthy with feeling like I'm not good enough am I even worthy to be at a bible school (laughs) um so it's it's a process but absolutely people and and that personal study of what God says about me Mm -hmm. is huge life-changing yes absolutely Mm -hmm. I love what you said about people like Mm -hmm. people really really make a difference and yeah and it might feel like well I'm not surrounded by the right people or I can't even think about telling anybody what I'm dealing with right or the reason the root of where this shame is coming from but I think if anything the first step is okay like I feel shame and I carry this everywhere I go. And the second step is I need to tell somebody Yeah. because the minute that you say something about it, again, whether it's something insane or something minor that you just can't mm-hmm. shake, it doesn't matter what it is. The minute that you say it out loud, it changes yeah. it because it's no longer something that only you know or only you're aware of. Like when you invite people into that, obviously yeah. like people that you trust, but it, it, it changes everything. And if anything, I feel like that's a step towards freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. One thousand percent. And another thing that really helped me in struggling with shame is if there were people that I was feeling shameful towards. So in this specific situation, that guy that I was involved with, he was a huge part of the shame I was feeling like I felt 
ashamed of the the way that we had gotten emotionally intimate I felt ashamed of the way that we hung out um and I also felt shame towards my parents I felt ashamed for the way that I had lied to them over and over they asked me so many times if if me and this guy were doing x y and z going I told them no no never never lied to them over and over and so I felt a lot of shame about that and I'm not proud of any of this. I wish this didn't have to happen for me to learn the lessons I did. But I started writing letters to each of these people. Um, never gave them to them, ever. But I just wrote letters about, this is why I feel shame. Um, this is how you've played a part in this. There's nothing that I can go back and change now. But this is where I want to see myself in the future. And just writing those letters. And some of them I kept, some of them I got rid of. But um, that was huge in my, in my process of of seeing why I felt shame and of giving myself the hope and understanding that there is a way out. Because mm -hmm. in those letters I talked about, yeah. this is how I feel now, this is where I wanna be. I don't see how I'm ever going to get there, wow. but I know that I need to. Mm -hmm. And that was like definitely the first step in finding the way out, finding the freedom and the healing. Mm -hmm. And I think that like along with the, the other episode that we did, I think in, in knowing how to not live from a place of that shame, mm -hmm. Because, again, I really believe that shame is not something that someone carries, but something that someone, like, it, like, fuels people almost. Absolutely. Affects everything that they do. And yeah. um, in my personal experience, I, I think that there's a lot of moments where people can feel shame. Yeah. But I definitely. think at the same time, you know, if you know what shame is and you're aware of how it's shown up in your life, there's probably one or two situations that come to your mind first when you're like, Absolutely. oh, man, I remember... I remember feeling that way, you know, a couple of years ago, or even if you're in a place of that right now, um, it's not, it's not easy to miss mm -hmm. <laughs> at all. Um, but I think that as girls, uh, and I want to, I want to say first, uh, I am going to talk a little bit about, uh, abuse and things like that. Sure. Just so you guys know. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that shame shows up a lot in situations like that. Yeah. When, you you can talk about this too when yep. things are done to you yeah that you are never asked for yep um verbally um physically mentally it can come in all shapes and sizes yeah. i want to i want to be clear in that too like shame sometimes it doesn't always come from a place of oh man like i made a mistake that has affected the rest of my life like i can't live with myself anymore but yeah. it can also be i've had things happen to me um and why do I feel dirty right. when I didn't even ask for this? Or right. why, do, why do I feel all, all just this heaviness? Sometimes it takes a while for people to, it took me a long time to realize, whoa, this is, this is not just guilt. This is like, this is shame. Like yeah. the fact that I believe that I'm gross, I'm not worthy uh -huh. of love anymore. Yeah. The fact that I believe like I've lost, you know, some sort of like innocence or, yeah. or purity. This is probably something that you've heard before, or if you haven't, this is true. You're not at all what was done to you. Absolutely. You are not what they did to you. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to get super into it, but I remember having a situation while I was in school with someone, and I just remember feeling so much shame because I didn't understand. Like, yeah. I didn't understand what was going on. How could someone that I really trust be so manipulative and so... There was a whole lot of... I know exactly, I know exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I was confused. I was just confused because it wasn't a one-time thing. It was yeah. a constant everyday thing. 
I just felt so brainwashed by the end of it. Mm. And I remember, you know, when I was finally out of it and all the things, I remember people would tell me, like, it's not your fault. Yeah. Like, you might have thought that it was your fault and you might have had moments and maybe you can think of moments and look back and think, man, I should have I should have said no sooner or I shouldn't have let it go that far or I, I should have said something or mm-hmm. I should have stood up for myself or I should have, I should have, I should have. You don't know what you don't know in the moment. Absolutely. And yeah. even if there are things that you feel like you could have done different or feel like you could have changed, it's over. It's in the past. Yeah. And you do not have to live with that shame anymore. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to let that be the thing that, that, that kills you. Yeah. Like that really, really kills you. And I know that's such a strong statement, but it has the power to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just want to say that. And I mean that like people don't mm-hmm. say that enough. People don't talk about that enough. And I think that there's so many people these days that are walking around with shame, whether it's unidentified or identified. And it is destroying their their marriage, their relationships, um, their everyday life. Their self-image. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And again, shame is one of those things that can come in so many shapes and sizes and can can be produced by so many different things. And I think one of the biggest ones is what I just... Um, what I just hit on is is things that ha- have been done to you that you never never asked for, mm-hmm. never wanted, and now you ha- yeah. feel like you have to carry that for the rest of your life. You don't have to carry that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's part of your story. Yes, it's something that you will never forget. Mm-hmm. But shame doesn't have to live with you forever. Yeah. And I think that that was a lie that I believed for so long. Is I will yeah. never f- I will never be able to think of it and not. I've, I can't think about it and not feel absolutely disgusting. I can't think about it and not like dread the moment when I actually meet someone that I actually love and I want to spend the rest of my life with, but I have to tell them that this was done or, yeah. or I gave this away or whatever. And I always circle back to this because it's the most important thing. There's a God that, that died for all of that, whether yeah. you believe it or not, like it's facts. Sorry. It's, it's just true. And, and it's not until you really say, okay, what does that look like for me? Like, what does mm-hmm. it look like for me to live that out and believe that for myself? Mm-hmm. That is when my life changed. Yeah. And considering all the things that I've walked through and even you, mm-hmm. like just knowing all the things that you've walked through, the fact that we are able to sit here and speak from a place of experience, but not speak from a place of still feeling that just undeniable shame. Yeah. Is a miracle. It is. It really is. It absolutely is. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's, that's a huge aspect of shame is the things that you can't change, the things that you can't control, even stuff, your family, you are not defined by your family. Yeah, that's If good. your family has lived um, a life of like alcoholism or, or even just being liars, gossipers, like whatever it is that you don't want to be identified with, that your family is identified with, great, because you aren't identified with that. Oh, she if better you, <laughs> If you live a different life, then you're identified by that life, not yeah. by the life of your parents. And, and in yeah. terms of friendships too, if you're in a group that you don't want to be associated with then stop associating yourself with them like be different stand out be the person who you want to be and who you want to be known and defined as because your past doesn't define you the people around you don't define you if you don't let them um you are your own person so we've both had stuff in our our past happen that we've allowed to define us Mm -hmm. and that we could continue allowed to define us but we choose not to and that is an active choice shame is not going to go away by you sitting in it it's just not. And that's really hard because it's a hard emotion to feel. And I, I don't say that um, haphazardly, but y- there has to be active choices made. If you're ashamed of the person that you are because of the choices you're making, mm-hmm. then what are you doing to become somebody different? Yeah. If you're ashamed by 
the things that have been done to you, then what are you doing to separate yourself from them? And this isn't something that can be done on your own. As we said, people. Um, but more than that, what Michelle just said, there's a God that, that that's the only way. That is the only way. And one thing that is huge in this whole process of, of getting past shame is first understanding, you know, you can't, you can't change the things you can't change. You can't go back. Your past is your past, whether it's choices you've made or things done to you, you can't go back. And for me, I struggled a long time with different forms of self-harm. And that sometimes came in the form of, of disordered eating. Sometimes it came in the form of, of doing things to my body, um, cutting, stuff like that. Um, and I know that's really heavy, but it's just, it's real. It's where I was. And I felt shame for a long time when I was done doing those things. Like I, I've been clean from that. And, and since I've been done with that, I have struggled a lot with the shame of, I did things to my body that my body will never function the same. An eating disorder really messes up your metabolism and your internal functions. And I realized that. And so there was a lot of shame around, like I destroyed my body. And also physically, the scars I have in my body, I destroyed my body. But then at the same time, in that same season of my life, people did things to me. And I was like, these people destroyed my body. And so there's this realization that you sit in then where you're like, my body is not the same as it was when the creator of the universe made it. And so I struggle often with the thoughts of, so yes, God says that he's going to get me through this and he's going to forgive me for this. And that is true. There is a God that is going to get you through and that is forgiven you. Um, but I had this, this belief of, okay, yes, God made me, but when he made me, I didn't have scars on my body. My metabolism wasn't broken. I, w- I hadn't been abused to any extent. And coming on the other side of that now, I'm like, how, like, how can the God who created me still love me when I look nothing like how he created me to be? But friends, let me tell you that if God did not want you to have the flaws that you do, he would have made you without them. That's just the way it is. God is so much bigger than our mistakes that if he didn't want you to make those mistakes, you would not have made those mistakes. And it's not that God wants you to fail. It is that the Lord has a plan for what is going on in your life. There has been so many conversations that I've had since going through the things that I either have put myself through or that other people have done to me or have put me through that now I've had conversations where I can sit across the table from someone who is feeling shame, who is feeling broken and alone. And I can say, Hey, me too. And that person can sit where I sat and be like, there are people here to help me. Mm -hmm. This is not something that's embarrassing to talk about. It's not something that's taboo to talk about. It's a part of my story. And my favorite thing about reading books is that every chapter is just, it's, it's adding. It's not ever taking away. The plot line is never worsened from the next chapter. It's only brought forward. It's only bringing you closer to the happy ending. And so the chapters of our lives, it's not like something, no matter how big of a deal it is that something happened, and I know that each of you walk through things that are difficult and that are so hard, but no matter what it is, that's not the end of your story. This chapter, when you turn the page, the plot line is only going to continue to get closer to this happy ending. And... I couldn't have done it without the people close to me. I couldn't have done it without leaning on God, without sitting there in my room, grounded, reading a chapter or book of the Bible every day. But now that I'm here, I see, I look back and I see why the Lord allowed me to make the mistakes I did. I see why 
I walked through the things that I walked through. Um, because of, now there's just so much fruit from it, I guess. Fruit meaning just like benefits and stuff. Like it's crazy how much it's changed my life. It's built me into who I am. Yeah. I think that shame, I know that shame wants to tell you that this is it. Like, mm-hmm. this is where maybe I don't die physically, but I die internally. Yeah. And there's, there is no way out. It doesn't matter how many people I tell. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much I try. Like, mm-hmm. there's, 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 no, there's no way up. There's no way out. Yeah. There's no, I can't go to the left. I yeah. can't go to the right. I'm stuck here forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. Like, that's keyword. Forever. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night I was sitting, I was sitting... Um, in my room and it was a year that there was just a lot a lot had happened and it kind of felt like okay for some reason like there there's situation after situation that has led me to this place of like shame that is so unbearable that I feel it physically that I feel it mentally emotionally Mm -hmm. spiritually and Mm -hmm. how could a God that loves me so much allow something and a lot of things to happen to like, I remember thinking, I don't even think I'm that bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Am I really that like, bad? I don't because, this. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think shame will also make you believe that you do. Like, mm. maybe I did deserve what happened to me. Maybe, maybe it was my fault. Maybe I do deserve to feel this dirty. Maybe mm. I, maybe there is actually no way out because I, like, I belong in this place. Wow. And I just remember sitting there and just being like, I don't, I don't want to, like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Yeah. And I say that to say because I know that there's, God, I can't. <laughs> I can't. It just, it, it, it breaks my heart to know that there's so many people that live like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on, break. <laughs> break. Uh-huh. And there's so many girls that have walked through things that we've talked about. And literally, like, I can just imagine them, like, wherever you are, like sitting in your bedroom or sitting across from a counselor at your school or sitting in the bathroom, you know, at the, at the school that you go to every day and just being like, I, I, I want this to end. Yeah. Like I want to be done. Like I can't, I can't, there's, there's no way that I could ever feel good again. There's no way that I could ever feel pure again. There's no way that I could ever not look at my life and say, it can't get any better. There's Mm -hmm. just no way. Yeah. I think about that moment in my life and I think about that moment where I literally was like, okay, if I were to die tomorrow, if I, if I said something were to happen tomorrow, I wouldn't care. Cause I can't, mm-hmm. I can't carry this anymore. I can't even, I can't even walk out of my room without not even wanting to speak to my parents because if they really knew what was happening, mm-hmm. it'd be game over for me. Yeah. I just remember like just crying out to God and being like, if, if you, if you still love me, if you're still there, if there's any, anything in me that is still worth fighting for and I, I still have a purpose somehow, some way, even after what I've done and what's been done to me and the decisions that I've made mm-hmm. and the things that I never asked for, like, please, like, help me get out of this. Yeah. And I just remember the next few days knowing and feeling like, okay, he loves me so much not to leave me where I am. Yeah, he definitely. loves me so Amen. much to say, hey, like, I'm not just God, but I'm your father and I want to meet you right where yeah. you are. And Amen. it's going to require you to take some steps. Yeah. It's going to require you to talk about it. It's going to require you to be like, OK, 
there is a way out and I don't see it right now. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I am so determined mm-hmm. to see what I believe is, is, is true. That's Even great. if I don't believe it every moment, I believe that I still have a purpose and I still have yeah. a reason to live. Yeah. And again, looking back on my life, everybody's story is different. Everybody's situation is different. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I can sit here and say, I have scars. Like I have emotional, mental, physical scars. Mm-hmm. But when I touch them and when people see them, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt as much anymore. Yeah. If anything, it's, hey, like what, you know, I noticed that you, you know, some people will come up to me and be like, I, you talked about this on your podcast. Can I like hear the story or whatever? Yeah. And it, it gets me so pumped up because I'm like, if you only knew yes. how hard it was, mm-hmm. but how glad I am that I didn't give up through the process yeah. because it doesn't just, it hasn't just made me better, but it's grown me and, and, and helped me to realize like, if this isn't proof that there's a God, then I don't, I don't know what y'all want. Sorry. <laughs> I just shook everything Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a walking testimony of who it he is. is. It is. It know? absolutely is. I, I mean, it's death to life. Walking in shame to experiencing freedom from shame is death to life. When I was in the midst of my shame, I was not Delaney at all. I I am usually a very creative person. I usually love being outside. And I remember having this moment of realizing I could not tell you the last time I wrote creatively. I can't tell you the last time that I I made music, that I wrote a song, that I just sat outside and and picked flowers and did all the tree hugger (laughs) things that y'all make fun of me for. Like, I can't tell you the last time I painted something, the last time I choreographed a dance. Like, I sat there and realized that I was just going through the motions that I was looking myself in the mirror and not seeing anything other than the things that I had done and the things that had been done to me. And it was, it was death. And I think that's the same moment you had of just that realization of like, if, if this doesn't get better, like I don't really want it anymore, Mm -hmm. but God is way too good to leave us there. There's so many things that I really clung on to clung, clung onto in, in that moment of realizing how far gone I was and knowing where I wanted to be and the biggest of those things is that God is fighting for us he's not against us he doesn't want bad things to happen to us just so that they happen to us he doesn't want us to feel in this this broken state of mind like it says in the bible that Jesus came to earth so that we could have life and have it abundantly like God doesn't want us to just live just to exist. Like he wants us to live an abundant life. That's That's abundant joy. That's abundant freedom. That's abundant friendships, Mm -hmm. abundant happy days. Like that's not to say that life is going to be easy the second that you give your shame to God. But that is to say that you are no longer going to be alone. That there's a constant fallback. Not just when I can be like, hey, Michelle, I'm struggling. Can we go grab coffee? It's not just the the twice a week coffee date or the, the hanging out in each other's room talking or late night walks. It is literally in that moment that I start to feel shame. In that moment that I'm realizing I still have scars on my body, I can instantly say, but God did not leave me there. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's in that moment because God doesn't leave you. Like he is constantly there with you. Yeah. And that realization for me was what has brought me away from living a life of shame and now just seeing shame as an emotion, as a temporary thought process and not as a lifestyle. And so any second that I have a thought that is shameful, it is immediately, 
I recognize that thought as a way that I am not supposed to live because that's yes. not life abundant. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going to do about it. That's good. I'm going to immediately go to the God who pulled me from death, brought me to life and say, God, this is not life abundant. So bring me back to that place of life abundant. Take this thought from me. Help me because I can't do this on my own. And then the next thing I'm going to do, go back to people. Michelle, hey, I'm struggling again. Can we talk? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is it is a it is a I don't want to say it's a constant thing, but right. it's not one and done. Absolutely. Like those thoughts will come back. Yeah. Those moments will come back. And just like the whole scar analogy we gave again, like when that scar is touched, like it's still sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, there are moments even recently I've had where I, you know, I've, I've thought about the things and I it's not like I look back on it now and I'm like, oh, well, thank God that's not happening anymore. Like, yeah. I'm, you know that that's it like mm-hmm. never have to think about it again it's like no it's still it still hurts yeah but it doesn't hurt the same mm-hmm. and I, I that that hurt doesn't lead to this shame it leads yeah. to I just all I want to do is help other people Absolutely. too you know yeah and also we're we're young like as Michelle said it's not like these things happened decades ago for us yeah I mean some stuff is kind of getting close which is weird we're mm-hmm. kind of growing up but <laughs> like <laughs> yeah we're, we're yeah. not super far removed from these things so I know that I've talked to people who are older and wiser than me that do talk about like, oh, I haven't even thought of that in, yeah. in months and years. Yeah. And I believe that both of us and, and any of you who are in a similar time of life, the college years that as we go through life, that there will be a day that we're like, wow, I haven't thought of that since college. Yes, um, absolutely. But there's also going to be stuff that it will forever sting. And that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I think it's a beautiful thing that we can experience the full range of emotions that we can sure because yeah. um, even talking about falling off the bridge like it made the next day it f- made it feel so much more beautiful mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that breath in my lungs was a lot sweeter the flowers yeah. in my room that I smelled smell a lot better like <laughs> all those little things it's like because I had such a terrifying near-death experience yeah physically the next day physically felt a lot better. And so when you're walking in shame, that's a near death experience emotionally. Yes. And when you get freedom, it makes those days that you're like, wow, like I haven't thought of that or I I don't feel identified by that anymore. It's just, it's so sweet. And life is meant to be sweet. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be easy. It's not meant to always be all good things, but life is meant to be sweet. It's meant to be enjoyed. One question that I've, have always been afraid of when people have asked or I've heard people ask like in class or like Mm -hmm. me personally is if there's a God, then why do, why, why is all this happening to me? Why would he allow something like that? I've never claimed to have all the answers because I don't. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of theological arguments about that. And you know, like there's a time and a place for that. But all I know, if I had 30 seconds to answer the question Bad things happen because we live in a really, really broken, sinful yeah. world. Yeah. That's just the reality. Mm-hmm. And it seems to just Period. be getting worse every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so valid to have that question. 1,000%. Like, if there's a God that, that is loving, if there's a God that is caring, if there's a God that is involved in every detail of our lives, and how, why do we deal with the things that we deal with? All I know is that it's very important to despite every argument there is it's just important to to be aware like okay there's a real world and the minute that i step out into that world i will get hurt like i will get hurt by people i will get let down by people because that's just the world that's the reality that we live in every single day Mm -hmm. but there's also in that same reality lives the reality 
that there's a God that's so much bigger than that, yeah. that created the world that fell and now is broken but there's a god that intervenes and is it is involved in every single detail of my yeah. life and at the at the, ultimately the the thing that i have always looked back on and see and seen how it's been so real in my life is the idea that he really does take the most broken things that happen in this world and if i let him He'll turn it for good. Absolutely. Now that the things that have happened to me, the things that have happened to you are not just things that we can look back on and be like, man, that, that, that sucked. Like, mm -hmm. man, I'm, I hated to go through that. Yeah. Now it's like the moment that I see somebody and I know and I'm aware that they're going through something similar, it's an opportunity for us to be like, hey, you do not have to stay yep. there. And if you do stay there, yep. there, I know exactly where that can lead to. Let me help you. Yeah. Like, let's talk about it. Let me be yeah. that person for you. Um, and it's such a beautiful opportunity and it's crazy how that, again, like we're better because of it. Mm -hmm. Some of the worst things that have happened, we are better because of it. Oh, and it also good. points to a God that, again, we don't even have to have all the answers, yep. but we are sure. And there are things that we know that we know that we know that he is a restorer, that Absolutely. he's redeemed every, every, he has the power to redeem every single story. Absolutely. The whole story of Jesus is a story of redemption. <laughs> it's crazy. And that shows up in our, in our lives every single yeah. day, you know? 1,000%. And one thing you hear so frequently, or at least I've heard growing up in the church, and is a common phrase in the church world, is Jesus is a friend of sinners. And I remember over the summer, as I was pondering this topic, this conversation, I had the distinction in my mind that it does not say that Jesus is a friend of past sinners mm -hmm. of those who sinned before yeah. jesus is a friend of those who are currently walking through things that just suck mm -hmm. whether done to them or done to somebody else like jesus is your friend right now wherever you're at yes. and that is the best thing that we can ask for yes it's so crazy how there 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 are so many stories in the bible and i and now that i think about it mm -hmm. some of the most famous stories in the bible literally at the root of it is someone that has dealt with shame or is dealing yeah. with shame yep. and jesus physically you know because in bible times physically meets them where they are yeah doesn't care what anybody else mm -hmm. says doesn't care what anybody else thinks about that person yep. and says i'm like i'm physically here mm -hmm. and i want to like i want to even and even allow you to follow me in the journey yeah. of not staying there because yep. I've prepared a way and a, and a life for you that is so much better than this. Yeah. You can stay there. Mm -hmm. You can. Like, mm -hmm. you have the choice to do that. You, can, you don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to get better. But I have so much better for, I have the best yeah. for you. Yeah. And that's what people refer to when they talk yep. about God's best. Like, it's so crazy how, yes, Jesus was a friend of sinners. And there's so many specific examples of that in the Bible. Like, yeah. Jesus got even closer, physically mm -hmm. closer to people that other people were like, hated. bro, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you are literally Jesus. You do not have to associate with those kind of people. Uh -huh. And I think it's just a beautiful picture of the Father. It is. Like, he does the Absolutely. same thing for us. Gets so close. And, and it is life-changing when you allow God to be intimate with you. Yeah. He wants to. His hands are open to you. Yep. And I think to hear that like intimate with a God that I can't even see, just to start with the simple act of telling God like, hey God, it's I don't really talk to you ever, but I want to. Yeah. You know, getting involved in a church community and just being honest, hey, I've never been to church, mm -hmm. but I, I want to. Mm -hmm. 
hey, I've never read my Bible, but I want to. Hey, I've heard a lot about this abundant life, about this Jesus who is a friend to me. I don't know what that means, but I want to. Yeah. Like just starting somewhere. Because yeah. I, don't, I haven't gotten the opportunity to share my full testimony with many people yet, but every, every single time without fail that I've shared my testimony with people, they tell me that they are surprised by the joy that I carry after knowing what I've been through. Yeah. And that is seriously a gift from God. Like I... I, as I reflect on my story, looking at the things that have been done to me, that I've done to myself, the things that just Satan has put in my mind or internally um, in terms of the way I think about myself, the way I think about other people, I feel like I have every excuse to live a life of shame. I have yes. every excuse to live a life of self-hate, of yes. anger, of yes. bitterness. Um, it would make sense. It, it, would, it would make, make sense. sense. And I, I could say the same for you. And honestly, for most people, people have heavy stuff in their lives that give them every reason from the outside looking in to live a life of bitterness, of depression, of anger, of, of stress, of worry. And the thing is, though, is God does not want to leave us there. Like, after all of these things have happened in my past, and I haven't even graced the, the extent of difficult things that people go through, but God gave me joy abundant anyway. Like, the things that I've gone through are hard. And I could live a completely different life than I do, but people recognize like, whoa, 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 you've been through all of this and you still live a life of joy. And friends, that is not me. That is Christ in me because he is so good to us. Like the life that he brings is just, it's so special. It's so sweet. It's not easy. It isn't. Like, it's not like it was an overnight, Delaney has joy now. Right. I can't identify when I started to live a life of joy. But what I know now is that it is frequent for me to have a joyful day and it is a rarity for me to come home and say I feel really really sad today yes and that's not everybody's story but for different people like I have a friend her name's Jaden love her she exudes peace she used to be the most anxious person so worried about schedules and all the things and after she let God into her life, now it's a rarity for her to have a day of stress or of anxiety. Yes. yes. Like the Lord is not going, the Lord makes each of us strong in our own ways, but we have to let him in. Yeah. And I could still be living a depressed, anxious, worried, fearful, shameful life. But as I let God walk me through these things and it hurt, it's like pouring rubbing alcohol on a wound to say, I messed up, to say, reflect on your past. Yeah. But when you do it, like the joy that I have now, I couldn't have gotten it anywhere else besides through Jesus Christ. There's no other explanation. No. And there's nowhere yeah. else I would have wanted it to come from. Yeah. It really is the most rewarding thing. Mm-hmm. And to know that he's so dedicated to not just getting us to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's not just looking at you in the moment that you're like, mm-hmm. all right, God, like, again, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't, I, I've prayed to you maybe three times in my yeah. life. I don't really know where to start. But all I know is I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just look at you and go, all right, well, let's get you, let's get you out of here. Like, yeah. it's, he's so dedicated yes. and so intentional in every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's never about a destination with him. Yeah. It's never about getting to the day where you look back and like, okay, well, on to the next thing because finally I'm over that. No, yep. like he's, he is so intentional to meet you exactly where you yep. are on the days where you're like, man, like I feel a little bit better today. Mm-hmm. And on the day, on the next day when you're like, okay, I didn't realize that I still don't right. feel completely over this. Or I, why can't I shake this pain? Or why can't I shake this shame? He is so, so loving in that process. Yep. And never condemning. Yeah. If, yep. if you feel any sort of condemnation or, or judgment, that's not from God. Yep. It's not. And I, th- I want to say that because I know a lot of people have that picture of God. Like, he is the ultimate judge. Therefore, 
if other people judge me, I can't even imagine what the Lord is thinking mm. about me. I can't even imagine what God thinks mm. about me. You're free of that. Yep. You were freed of that thousands of years ago. Yep. And you have the opportunity to live in freedom, mm-hmm. free of shame. And it's mm-hmm. up to us to see it and go, I want that. Yeah. And invite the Lord into that. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I think a piece of encouragement I would give is like, I would encourage you to just be careful of the expectations that you set um, before ever experiencing shame and after. I think having too high of expectations leads to feeling shame for yourself. Um, Having expectations on other people, on yourself, whatever. But also like in the process, like don't set an expectation of I'm going to be over this by this day or in this way. Like as you were saying, it's such a it's such an up and down process. But it's not like an up and down in terms of really good and really bad. It's all incredible. There's purpose in it all. Like whether you wake up and you're having the worst day of the healing process that you've had yet, you're feeling the worst that you felt yet. That's not necessarily a bad thing. The, the, the picture that I get and the picture that I got that night when Mm -hmm. I was on the floor of my bedroom Uh is God has this grace for us. And he holds it out like this. Uh-huh. And it's something that I can grab hold of. Mm-hmm. And I have the opportunity to grab hold of. But not just that. He says, I can grab hold of it. But I want you to grab hold of me. Because wow. I'm the only person that can sustain you through that whole thing. Wow. So I don't just grab hold of what I know that he's died for me for. Wow. And the things that I no longer have to carry because he went to the cross for that. Wow. He says, I don't just get rid of that. That's not on you anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to walk you through the things that I died for you. I mean, that, if that, my dad is great. My, my, my dad, he was on a podcast earlier. My dad is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my heavenly father. Go there. <laughs> He's so good. No, I love my dad. I really do. He's great. But. The, the minute that I, that I got that, like I, I really, really let that sink in. It changed my life forever. Yeah. Didn't make it easier. Yeah. But I know that no matter, even I know that I will, I will walk through a situation in my life that will bring shame again. But now I think I can, look, I can look towards the future and know, I know that there's a father that doesn't just extend grace, but gives me his hand to walk through it yeah. with me through every step of the way. Yeah. There is no one, no one like my God. Like, nope. I'm literally getting emotional just hearing you talk about the God that saved each of us. Yeah. Like every single day of my life is better because I am holding hands and walking through life with the God that created life. There's nothing better. No. I love no one and nothing more than I love God. Yeah. And I can't see him physically, but I have seen him in every area of my life. Yeah every area once again it wasn't instant but because i'm holding hands with him and walking through life with him he's everywhere he's my everything judge me if you want i stand by that (laughs) yeah go ahead y'all say whatever it is try (laughs) try (laughs) i feel like i've been shaking this table this whole you yeah you've really been yeah passionate (laughs) wow that was good i I needed that i i feel so good i needed that i needed i needed to hear all of that so Mm. thank you thank you thank you like seriously thank you for talking about it because it's not talked about enough and i'm glad i had you on Uh the podcast thanks for having me on (laughs) thanks for listening thanks for sharing yeah absolutely that was so good for me too yeah i feel really light yes it was great me too yeah me too i feel good i feel pumped i feel ready me too i'm like (laughs) so excited yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So, dang, it's such a broad topic, but I feel like we hit we hit like a lot. Yeah, we hit we hit most things. Yeah. This is definitely gonna be a long episode, but I yes. think it was well worth it. Yes, it we was. covered a lot. Definitely, we have two minutes mm. left of recording. Perfect, so perfect. This will be like an hour long, probably. Wow. So y'all, if y'all made it this far, run. real ones. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> Thank real. Thank you. For real. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. My and pleasure. seriously, I say this in every episode, like, don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. I would love, we would love yep. to even have deeper conversation about it mm-hmm. because there's not just a God that doesn't want you to stay where you are, but we don't want you to stay where you yeah. are. And we're here for it. Like, this podcast is not just for you to listen and go, oh, okay, cool. Like, let's talk about it. Allow it to become a conversation. So, yeah, sincerely. Sincerely. (laughs) Anyways, love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.